0: Today, I'm excited to have our first international guest. I have Beatriz
1: Buarque. I think I said that right. Welcome, Beatriz.
0: Hi,
1: Hope. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I'm very happy to be here with you guys.
0: Well, thank you. And you're originally from Brazil, but you're living in the UK right now. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: All right, so I'm going to do a brief intro, but then I want you to take the story because it has a lot of um, loops and turns and excitement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Beatrice started a NGO uh, and a website and a movement called Words Heal the World. She's won two international prizes, including the Luxembourg Peace Prize, and she is going to tell us all about what led her to start this website and start this group. Um, and Beatrice, I read that when you were a little kid, you used to love asking grown-ups questions about the election and you wanted to know who did you vote for and why did you choose this candidate over this candidate? <laughs>
1: yes that's true
0: <laughs> and is that what led you so I'm thinking of you as a little girl and what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up
1: I think hope since I was a child I had very um uh, sense of justice I was I, I I was always thinking about justice and what was right about I was always questioning myself why some people are suffering these why some people struggle with poverty why some people don't have food yeah and I think I started questioning this since I was I I think since I was six wow yes and it has actually driven me to to choose the career of journalism because I decided I wanted to use my words to give visibility to these people who were invisible to governments. Oh, I love that. Or were invisible to power. And I decided to become a journalist very early as well, when when I was 13. Oh, wow. Yes. So (laughs) when there were kids around playing and meeting other people, you know, watching TV series, I was already concerned about saving the TV. <laughs> people, <so. laughs> now so I have why, to, yeah. I have to
0: ask you, were you the firstborn in your family? Yes, I was. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> <laughs> so my son is a rule follower and he questions like, you know, same thing you were saying, like, okay, what are the rules? Why do some people not have, why do some people not get treated the same as other people and you know, he, he questions a lot. He has a lot of curiosity and um, he also is able to talk to adults pretty easily. And I can imagine you as a 13 year old, you probably, <laughs> your parents probably <laughs> questioned, you sure you want to be a journalist, but they could see that curiosity in you.
1: Yes, And I was always very, at the same time, there was very, um, a very questioning child and also curious. I was also very ambitious in the sense that at 13 I, I, I remember that I used it to tell my friends I will be a journalist
0: and yeah. I will work
1: for global tv and global tv is like the main tv station in Brazil
0: and you did and I, didn't
1: you no yes I did it but at that moment my my friends called me crazy because I I used it to live in a very poor city in Rio de Janeiro uh-huh that is called Caxias. Duque de Caxias is in, like in the suburbs. Yeah. And very, very poor. So nobody, I, I didn't know any journalists. I didn't have any journalists in my family. My friends didn't have any expectation of working for the TV station. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, this girl is really crazy. <laughs> I love
0: it though. You had a seed planted in you somehow that that's what you wanted to do when you grew up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So did you, um, when you were an undergraduate, is that what you majored in, journalism?
1: Yes, I did that in in journalism. And here is another chapter in my life of perseverance and resilience, because uh, when I was finishing my, my bachelor's in journalism, I decided to apply for, to become an intern at Global TV. Uh-huh. And right before my final interview, I discovered I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Yes. And then I had to make that, that crucial decision. Will I carry on with this internship, with these, And my belly will grow. And then <laughs> they will very likely tell me to go home. Mm -hmm. Or should I carry on with my baby and try these again, postpone the graduation and try again next year?
2: Yeah. What did you decide?
1: I decided to do the second option. Yeah. So I went to the interview. I said that I could not, uh, I didn't say that I was pregnant, but I said that I had uh, some issues, some family problems, whatever. Uh Uh-huh. And then I carry on with the pregnancy. I had my baby. And then when my son was three months, I got the job. I got the internship. Wow, and I was you... the, first, at first, the first intern who had a child at Global TV.
0: Wow. And you did have perseverance to stick with that through the whole nine months and then having a newborn.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Those, <laughs> did you have family support around you?
1: all the time this would never be possible without my family hope they were very they were crucial because uh at that moment i had a boyfriend but even though he didn't disappear he's still present to my son's life at that moment he was very immature so i had a very long lonely pregnancy i was very alone and without my parents this would never be possible
0: yeah, and everybody probably said, you're crazy, you need to give up the idea of doing an internship with this global TV.
1: Yes, actually, in the, the hospital where I had to stay for a couple of days because my son wanted to come to Earth uh, <laughs> <laughs> earlier than expected, uh, one of the nurses, she started questioning, because look at, this is so crazy when I think about it, because during my time at the hospital, I was there studying for the, <laughs> for the process wow. to get there. Yes, it's, so I was there with books and studying and writing. And the nurse arrived there in the room and she said, What? Are you crazy? You are about to have a baby. Your life will change totally. Now you'll be a mother. As if the very fact that we are a mother prevents us from being something else.
0: Yes. I love that you're saying this because so many women feel like it's either or. So what's your advice to them? If they're thinking like, I can't do this. I have a baby or I have two kids at home.
1: My advice is that I know that it's difficult, but I think I I truly think that we women, we were born with an an inherent talent to to do multiple things at the same time so, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean we know yeah. how to do this and right. we can be a mother we can be uh, a researcher we can be a journalist we can handle our home we can be a wife we can do all these things at the same time and be happy yeah so so this is not uh, I really don't like uh, these people who say oh just because you you are a mother, you cannot do this. Right. No, and I can do this. I'm sure that there are many women who decided not to do this, decided to devote the whole time to their family, to the baby, because it was their decision, not because they could not handle. That's right.
0: To it. Yeah. And I want my kids to see that, you know, they can, they can do more than one thing. They can be a mom and, uh, you know, a physician assistant, or they can be a mom and do podcast on the weekends or.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. This is healthy because mother, motherhood is, is a, a very, very important part of our life, but it's one part of our, or ourself.
0: Yeah, it of, is.
1: Of our being.
0: And so you had the baby, yeah. you got the internship and was it everything you thought it would be?
1: At the beginning, yes, it was everything I really wanted in my life. I was very happy to be there in the newsroom, checking the news, writing, filming. Filming was always one of my passions. Uh Um, But then the years were going by, and what happened was when after 10 years at Global TV, and seeing all this radicalization wave that was triggered by the Islamic state, Mm -hmm. I decided it was the time to do something else. Because again, because I am a journalist and I'm also a mother, Mm -hmm. I could empathize with the pain of other mothers who were losing their sons for these extremist uh, ideologies.
0: So you were, you were, as a journalist, you're watching all this unfold, like in the news with ISIS yeah. and parents losing their kids to these extremist yeah. groups. And did you feel like a, a, a tug or a pull towards doing something different?
1: Yes, I felt that it was, it was a moment to use, to really take action because I was, At that moment, ISIS was producing many videos and releasing those propaganda videos.
3: Mm, I remember that.
1: Yes, and it was actually one of its main weapons for radicalization, for recruitment.
2: Yeah.
1: And I started watching those videos. And as a journalist, I could see the strategies that they were using. I could see why they were using the camera of these these type of effects, the music in the background, the choice of words—I could see, I could understand everything. Yeah. And then, I, at the same time, I noticed it that, at the same time that there were appearing some NGOs that were working to prevent radicalization, they were not—they were not giving too much space for young people to take action. Yeah. And that was a huge mistake because young people are the main targets of these groups. That's true. So then I said, no, I'm going to do something. And then I decided to set up the, the website, Words Heal the World. Uh-huh. And this is very funny because when I was looking for the name for this project, because at the beginning it was a project, it was, it was going to be Words Change the World. Yeah. But then, luckily... I'm so happy that this happened because there was already a domain with this name. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I was thinking, oh my gosh, they got my name now. What am I going to do? And I was thinking, thinking. And then I came up with the word heal. Yeah. Which is even better and even more powerful because if we think about the word change, change can be for good and for bad. Yeah. But heal not. Heal has a positive connotation.
2: Yeah,
0: it does. (laughs) It
1: was perfect. Yeah, so it was perfect that words heal the world. That that's perfect. So that's how words the world was born.
0: (laughs) And your idea was to get young people, like college age, or is it more high school kids?
1: To my my first idea was to really empower uh, graduate students. because I had a door opened at my former university in Rio. So I established a partnership with them. And then I started doing my master's in the UK. So I established another partnership. And then words Hill words, was words started growing, growing, growing. And, and actually right now is that we are starting to work with high schools. Yeah. But after like three years of experience with graduate students.
0: And I love how you have young people from all different nationalities who are all working together to help challenge online hate speech and to help tackle extremism. I mean, it's, you have on your website, you have Muslims, you have, um, you know, all different ethnicities and all people from all walks of life.
1: Yes. And I think this is very important because uh, we live in a world today, hope that democracy, liberal democracy, uh, human rights, they are, they are really under threat. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to show the world that diversity is important. Diversity is a strength. It's not a weakness. Yeah. And, and we live in a diverse world.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to, to accept, to embrace it, to respect it. And that's why I really value uh, equality, I value diversity, and I also value transparency in the NGO. And I am very proud, one of the things that I'm very proud of the work that we are doing is that at WordSeal, all the contents that you see on our platforms, on our website, it was produced by students. Yeah, without funding, right? Without and without funding, which is even more remarkable. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have, we don't have that team of experts. We don't have that team of, uh, I don't know, technicians who would give some sort of advice. No, we don't have any of these. It's only me and the students. Yeah, and they really yes. take the lead. And I think this is what really motivates me because sometimes. The lack of funding, it really makes me feel down. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It makes me question if I am on the right way, on the right path, if I'm doing everything right, if I'm not like stressing myself and the others a lot. But it's, it's unbelievable that every time I start to question myself because of this, one of my students appears with a brilliant idea and then take the lead and... It's, it's really, it even it makes me feel emotional because it's something very special and unique.
0: Yeah, and I love that you're saying, I mean, you sound like you've done so much. So for those of us who have not started a project or a foundation and we're hearing you say, you know, sometimes I question whether I'm on the right path or not. Um, that That gives us hope that, you know, even somebody who seems as far along on the path as you, you sometimes question it.
1: Yes, I think it's humane to to question yourself all the time. Yeah. But I think we we live in a world in which we have even more possibilities of expressing our power, of expressing our ideas, our beliefs. And we really need to acknowledge that and use that to shape a better world, you know, to shape a better society for our children. Yeah. And I tell this all the time uh, in my lectures and for our students that digi- many people blame digital media for the, the, hate, the hate speech and the extremism that we see nowadays. But digital media, I hope, it's solely a medium it facilitates communication. Mm -hmm. We can make the decision about what, how, how we are going to use that. Yeah. That's why we need to, we need, yes, we really need to acknowledge that and start using that for peace, for love, for hope.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I always tell my, my kids, you can use your words for good or for evil, you know, so think about what you're saying.
1: Yes, exactly. Precisely.
0: Now, I read that you, when you were, um, I guess, I don't, I want to hear how you decided to go to graduate school in the UK, but I also want to hear about you applying for, it was a scholarship, and you found out you didn't get it, or you, you know, you thought you didn't get it, and is, and then that's when you started the website, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So, Going backwards now. When I when I saw all that wave of radicalization triggered by ISIS,
2: uh-huh.
1: I started to watching the videos, to reading about it, also to connect. I started connecting with mothers who lost their sons. Oh wow! Yes, that's that's how I came across Christine Boudreaux. and she was really an inspiration for me to move forward with this plan. I love and, that. And what happened was. I decided to apply for for a master's to understand that because my background was journalism. Okay. I really needed to have some understanding of international relations to, to know how those things were were moving on. So mm-hmm. I applied for a master's. At first, I was focused on Brazil. So I applied for a master's in three Brazilian universities. Yeah. And I failed all my attempts. No. <laughs> yes, I failed the know. So you were and three then, for
0: you were 3 for 3. Did you think about giving up at that point?
1: No. <laughs> no because uh, I didn't think interestingly, the word give up is really not it doesn't exist for me. That's wonderful. Some, some, no, it doesn't exist for me. Somebody once told me and he was absolutely right. He told me you are a unique person because when somebody tells you no or you won't get it, you do all the things to show that the person is wrong. <laughs> and yes, <has> do. <laughs> I love idea. that. Yeah, so what happened was I failed all my attempts in Brazil, and a friend of mine told me, Look, Bia, you are looking at the wrong you are your target is wrong. You should focus in the UK. Okay. And then she told me that is this scholarship. And it's a very competitive scholarship. Only the really leaders, the really brilliant minds get that. Uh-huh. And then I studied that, the application. It was a very tough process. And I started up studying all, everything. I hired a coach to help me with the interview because I, I had to prepare myself emotionally for the interview
0: this was a big deal. I mean, I've looked no, at, was, I've looked at their website and I'm like, wow, yeah, this is the, the top, the cream of the crop who achieved this scholarship.
1: No, it was really, it was like a preparation for a war. Yeah. It took me one year to prepare, to get ready for that war because I could not, I could not make any mistakes. Yeah. I was already 10 years there in the, in the, in the newsroom. I didn't have money to afford a master's in the UK. I had a two. I had a child with me. At that moment, I was even married, so I I could not make any mistake. So yeah. I did everything I could to succeed. And then I received an email telling me that I was on reserve.
0: Uh, so that means she, like a waiting yes, list, right?
1: Yes, yes, on a waiting list. I was so upset. I was so, I was devastated on that day. Yeah. I cried all the day because I was thinking, gosh, I can't, no, it must be wrong. I know that I am on the, you know, it was a really a gut feeling that I, that I was meant to do that masters, that I was meant to make this shift in my life. Yeah. And you I was just not knew it I was, uh, no. yeah it i was I, I was really not understanding so i was really in despair i spent one day in despair and then the next day i woke up i was having breakfast and i i, I, I told myself look i know that i can do something i know what's going on i'm not going to stay here waiting for a scholarship while all the mothers are losing their children to this yeah I'm going to set up a website and let's see how it goes and then
0: (laughs) and did you know how to set up a website or did you just sort of
1: start playing around Uh, I think I post something on Facebook saying that I needed help to (laughs) design a website and then somebody from my former university appeared and this guy I really love Felipe, thank you so much for helping me. <laughs> this, this guy helped me design the website and I told him everything, the content. And then I started, because before working with young people, I I really wanted to give, to increase the visibility of NGOs that were already working on that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So I brought on board, I established a partnership with, Christine Woodrow, that mother who lost her son to ISIS. Oh, how beautiful. Uh, I also established partnerships with other NGOs. Uh And then in a matter of weeks, I think two weeks, the website was on. We've already five partnerships. And I was already with a meeting arranged with the Federal University of Rio. Mm -hmm. And since I am a journalist, I also established connections with the radio stations and everything, and they started raising awareness. <laughs> Good. I love how you
0: took that first step and you just felt like this is it. I'm going to do it. And yes. you did.
1: It was absolutely like that. And then after four weeks, after, no, in two weeks it was ready, and we were already with the partnership with the university. With more two weeks, I got an email telling me that I got the scholarship. <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> but you already knew you were gonna get it.
1: <laughs> At moments I didn't know, but I don't know. But this is funny. It always happens with me. With the uh, PhD it was the same thing. We well, just sort of knew. Yeah, the PhD was what happened was after the masters when you get this scholarship, uh, you need to come back to your home country. So then I came back to my country. And also I had to come back anyway because Global TV only allowed me to stay one year. So I had to come back to my work.
0: Okay. So Beatrice tells me how, when she came back from getting her master's degree um, and she came back to Brazil, she was um, back with Globo TV, But things were different. She was a different person than she was before she left. She had this movement that she'd started. She had this new passion, and she was a different person. She decided to best serve um, the community that she'd chosen to serve, which is college students and graduate students, that she should go back and get her Ph.D., So she ultimately decided um, after working at Globo TV for over a decade that it was time to leave and she chose to go back to the U.K. to work on her Ph.D. Um, She tells me that during this time it was also very difficult because she made the decision to ask for a divorce. Um, You know, she didn't have income because she'd left her job and she also had a lot of um, excitement during this time. Places and people were noticing her work. Um, she was asked by UNESCO to come share her research at a conference in India. So it was an exciting time, but it was also somewhat overwhelming because of everything she had going on.
1: All of a sudden, I didn't have a house. I didn't have a job. I was in the middle of the nothing, only with, okay, a project and, and what else? Nothing.
0: Yeah. So, not
1: even funding,
0: Beatrice. What were you like? Were you living with your
1: parents? Yes, I I moved to my parents. Yeah, and then I I decided to apply for a PhD. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it was already something that was going on in my mind. I had already an idea of something original, but I didn't really know how to format the idea. I was many years away from academia, but anyway.
0: Did you think you would get a scholarship? Was that the plan, like you would go somewhere in Brazil?
1: No, the plan was to apply for the UK and to get a scholarship and to make a career here, because this is another thing, Hope. Although I love Brazil, I love Rio, I miss Rio, I love our culture. I recognize the fact that uh, my country doesn't value me. Yeah. It doesn't, and it's a fact. So that's not the country for me, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and you'd already spent a year in the UK.
1: Yeah. So then I applied, I started applying for a PhD. I applied for three scholarships in the UK. And one of them, I received an email telling me that I wasn't, again, in the fifth position.
0: Oh, you were on the waiting list in the fifth position but you I I suspect you still had this inkling that you would get in
1: (laughs) yes I had this one I had faith yeah this one I really had faith and I was there and I was receiving the emails now you are on the fourth now you are on the third position on the second when it arrived on the first I said I'm going to get it yes going, going going. And then on, uh, on a morning, I received the the brilliant, marvelous email telling me that I got the scholarship.
0: Ooh, how many years ago was this?
1: It was in 2019.
0: Okay. So you're still, are you still a doctor, doctoral student?
1: Yes, I am. Okay. In the middle of my PhD.
0: <laughs> wow. You are doing a lot. I mean, if you... You just have so many projects going on, but they all seem exciting and, you know, moving you towards your ultimate goal of ending this right-wing,
1: you know, extremism and hate speech. Yeah, yeah. I think I am, I think I'm on the right way. And I think I discovered my passion because last term I had the opportunity to teach international relations and politics. Yeah. Uh, and I was really in heaven I think that's my passion to stay to be surrounded by young people to share with them listen to them
2: <coughs> yeah
1: to make them to make them feel and see that they can achieve their dreams mm-hmm. that they can make a difference today not tomorrow but today
0: yeah start
1: that website today. <laughs> Yeah, start doing something today. You have an idea, go for it. And I think a lot and, of
0: people agree with you and and they see the value of this. I mean, I, I looked at the Luxembourg Peace Prize and TechNot Hanh and Jane Goodall are two of the <laughs> previous winners. So congratulations on that.
1: Oh, thank you so much for that. It was another blessing when I got that email I was in Madrid with my dad, uh, my sister, and a dad, a, a friend from my dad. And we were there um, having some sangria. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, I got all of a sudden this message on LinkedIn from the president of Luxembourg, I say, of um, Peace Prize telling me, are you Beatriz? I said, yes. So yes, I'm sending you this message because Yorin Joe has just won the Luxembourg Peace Prize. And I said, what? Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, to say, gosh, I can't believe it. It was so crazy. Yeah,
0: another yes. round of sangria.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the ceremony will be now in May.
0: Oh, wow. This was May of 2020? Yes. And
1: it, the 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 ceremony was postponed because of the pandemic. They really wanted to make this face-to-face, but it will be online. Oh. But anyway, we'll celebrate anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And you're
0: still doing this project without funding, right?
1: Yes. Everything is without funding. And thank you for highlighting these, Hope, because if anybody here is willing to sponsor us or to make a donation, please uh, check our website. We really need funding to cover our fixed costs because until today I've been covering everything. Yeah. But as you know, a scholarship is not that big and, and I really need, I really need help.
0: Yeah. I've, my so, husband's getting his PhD and he's, you know, oh, yeah, that's not easy. And you're, teaching assistant i mean it's not a a full professor position i'm guessing it's yeah. something you're required to do in addition to getting your phd
1: yes exactly so that's we really lot. need funding
0: yeah that's a lot y'all look at her website words heal the world yeah, and facebook
1: for the support
0: yeah and your facebook group i mean your facebook um, site to words heal the world so, you, so now you're at the point where your website is starting to get, it seems like it's pretty well known in this circle. Um, what's your next step? Like, do you have any goals for the next couple of years? Yes, I have a couple of goals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> sure you do. Yeah, the, the thing is very funny because we've worked seal. We reached a point in it. Now it really has its own life. So fiends appear in the middle of nowhere and and then they will start evolving by themselves. Uh Um, Our project to the future is that we really want to get funding to establish partnerships with other universities, with an university uh, in the U.S., with an university in France, uh, to start empowering local students to produce content in their language, uh, focusing on their situation in their country, to challenge hate speech and extremism that's yeah. our goal because today we only have a formal partnership with the Brazilian University UFRJ, the uh-huh. Federal University of Rio. But I really want to to spread this work this this work and enable more students to take action, to feel empowered and to spread this message with their families, their colleagues, their communities.
0: Yeah. Raise awareness and and get yeah. involved in more universities with more college students.
1: Yes, and to and, do so, that's why we need funding.
0: <laughs> and you know one one reason I think that your path has worked out the way it has with just you know the the guy who helped you with your website and winning the scholarship and then getting the peace prize. It, I think it's because you're serving, like you're you're here on earth and you're looking for how you can use your gifts and you're serving others.
1: Yes, and I think above all hope, one of the main things is that that has made us thrive despite the lack of funding is because Zero is not only an NGO. Zero is a family. Mm-hmm. We really connect among ourselves. We have WhatsApp groups we talk to each other all the time because this is something very important.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: what happens with these extreme uh, extremist ideologies that are circulating around? Why do like a generational identity or even the outright has managed to gain a depth? Because people are looking for a sense of belonging. People yes. are looking for a sense of purpose. They want to make a difference many of the kids who were recruited for ISIS, they didn't want to kill in the first place. They thought they were going there to Syria and Iraq to save people. Right. You know what
0: I mean? Yep. You are exactly right. They wanted that sense of belonging and that's, that's, yeah. You're giving them the opposite that, I mean, not the opposite. You're giving them the opposite of the hate crimes and the hate speech.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. What I, what I'm, what I, uh, what we are doing with WordCU is that we are using the same thing. Oh, okay, we have these uh, these people that really want to feel that they are part of something. They need to find the purpose. Let's use this for the good because it can be used for good. It can be used for peace. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are doing and that's why, for instance, many times it happens all the time. I don't need to be uh, to, to, to keep sending messages to my students telling me oh you need to do this you need to do that I need to do this today I need this tomorrow no they do that with their hearts they call me in the weekend oh I had an idea I want to do this this they, they love it yeah you and pro- many of them and many of them hope now during the pandemic they told me that words heal helped them to cope with the pandemic
0: yeah I would believe it. And you've planted seeds in them. And now it sounds like those seeds are growing and then it'll just hopefully spread like wildflowers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be beautiful. They are starting spreading. I believe it will happen.
0: Yeah, maybe we can get you in some um, universities in the United States too. Oh,
1: well, that would be brilliant because this is so, the change that I see in the students is very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. they are they become aware of their leadership skills they become aware of their purpose in this life in their community they start educating others uh, about how to use social media responsibly think about what you're sharing think about what you are commenting so they really start reproducing these and that is our vision the, the main vision of words use what is to break this vicious circle of hate that we are currently into and shape mm-hmm. a virtual circle of peace.
0: Yeah, I love that. A virtual circle of peace.
1: Yes. Yeah. But that's totally feasible.
0: And I think it also starts when the kids are first starting to use phones and all these apps. You know, our son is 13 and we don't allow him yet to have any TikTok or Instagram or anything. But when we do, I mean, I, I just want to talk to him about spreading words of peace and love and hope and not, not you know, words of hate or words of making fun of somebody.
1: Yeah, this is, this is very important, Hope. This is really important because what happens today is that people were not educated to use social media. Yeah. So many people, they don't know the impact of a simple click the impact of sharing something yes and that's the thing it's something um, i know many people who uh, come across a racist message and the f- their first uh, feeling is that oh i'm going to share this to raise oh. awareness on these uh, with other people mm. but instead of raising awareness you are just amplifying that message that's true and yeah, that's something very important, you know. That's why we really need to educate people to use social media for peace.
0: Yeah, your work is so important. And I, I just can't tell you how much it's meant to have you on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Tell people where they can find you, your Instagram or your Facebook or...
1: Ah, okay, so we are active on multiple digital media platforms. So you can find us on facebook.com-wordshw, which is our main Facebook page. But we also have uh, Words Hill Brazil and Words you Latin America Facebook page. Oh. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Words Hill World. You can find us on Twitter, on YouTube, and on our website. And please do share our content because we produce content uh, to promote peace, to challenge hate speech. And recently, hope, we have just uh, set up a project called Hopi News. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is um, in the middle of the pandemic, it's very sad the fact that whenever we open a newspaper or we see the news, that we only see sad things. Yes. It is as if we were in an endless tunnel. (laughs) I know. (laughs) no light, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then we decided to set up this project, which is kind of a news agency um, that aims at promoting positive uh, stories that appear now during the pandemic.
2: I love that.
1: Yeah, to show the people that there is hope.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'll definitely be, is it a, is this going to be like a a radio or not radio, a podcast, or how are you going to get it out there? What form of media?
1: Uh, We are using, you can find these on, on, on all all our platforms. Okay. Because we use pulses to highlight these stories. Okay. So what we have is that every night event, um, we promote articles that were produced by other newscasts about positive stories or we produce our own uh articles so that, you can That find is thinking, I yeah. love
0: that excellent idea
1: yes i think this is very necessary because we really need hope at this moment
0: <laughs> yes we do we didn't plan that <laughs> we need hope
1: <laughs> yeah, we need hope at this moment because without hope, there is, no, there is no tomorrow. There is no future.
0: That's true. Well, thank you again for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us. And I'll put all the links on the show notes.
1: Okay, thank you so much for giving us this space. I really appreciate it, hope. Thank, thank you, you so you much, so much Beatrice.
0: Here are the take-home points from Beatrice's interview. Number one, if you have a dream, like Beatrice wanting to be a journalist with Globo TV from the time she was 13, you can accomplish it with perseverance. Ignore all those people who think you're crazy. Number two, a dream may have to be delayed, like when Beatrice discovered she was pregnant just before an interview for an internship with Globo TV. She delayed it for a year, then went on the interview when her baby was three months old. Number three, resilience might look crazy to others, but don't give up. Beatrice was called crazy by a nurse while she was studying for an internship interview while she was in the hospital in labor. Number four, women were born with an inherent talent to do many things at the same time and be happy. Don't let people tell you you can't be a mother and do other things successfully. Number five, motherhood is an important part of our lives, but it's one part, not the whole part. Number six, Beatrice felt the pull to take action against extremist groups. As a journalist, she saw the strategies that these groups were using to recruit and impact young people. She used her passion to fight evil with love, literally. Number seven, diversity is a strength, not a weakness. We need to embrace it. Number eight, we all have the choice to use our words for good or for evil. Number nine, don't let the words give up exist for you. If someone tells you you can't, or if you fail the first few times, use that as fuel to motivate you to try harder. Beatrice got rejected from the first three master's programs she applied to, but she didn't give up. Number 10, prepare for your goals like you're preparing for war. Beatrice hired a coach to help her get her application ready for a prestigious scholarship. She didn't just cross her fingers and hope she'd get it, she invested in herself and prepared vigorously. Number 11, when disappointment comes your way, do something productive. Be of service to others. Like when Beatrice found out she was on the scholarship waiting list, she allowed herself to wallow for a day and cry, and then the next day she started a website and a nonprofit. Number 12, when you have an idea, go for it, don't wait. Number 13, people, especially young people, want a sense of belonging. Words heal the world, promote this sense of belonging by fostering a team or family-like environment. If young people don't find a healthy way to feel like they belong, they'll veer towards unhealthy groups like gangs or groups like ISIS. Two more, number 14, if you're not valued in a situation, you might have to move on. Like when Beatrice decided to relocate to the UK. And lastly, use social media to share words of hope, peace, and love. Realize the impact when you share a message on Facebook. Sometimes we think we're sharing a racist message to raise awareness, but we're inadvertently spreading the message of hate. Instead, try sharing messages of peace and love. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you like this podcast and think someone else could benefit, please share it. I'd also love for you to write a review on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify or Apple. And lastly, if you would like more of the same, come over to my website, HopeThePA.com. Thank y'all for listening.